There we are. Yeah, now you can hear me. Sorry about that. Uh, first, I got distracted by the chat because uh, someone said their mic was on, but they were they were joking about doing karaoke to the uh, intro music. So I suddenly was like, wait, is my mic on? And in fact, it was uh, quite the opposite of on. Uh, welcome to the show. This is John Park's workshop. And uh, look, I turned that light on. And uh, here we are. What's happening? What are we up to? I've got some good iced coffee uh, going on today. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Let me tell you the secret here. Uh, for my birthday, my daughter got me a cold brew uh, infuser, and I've never used one like this. I've made cold brew a few different ways, but this one is a really nice pitcher with an infusion filter cone thing in the middle. Fill that with grounds, water, shake it up, put it in the fridge every few hours maybe, shake it. About 24 hours I, I let it go uh, before dumping the grounds. And I was starting with some Ethiopian Yirgacheffi coffee, so it's just amazing, delicious. Uh, I hope if you love coffee and I've now made you long for some coffee, you've got some coffee because uh, coffee, coffee, coffee. But we're not here to talk about coffee today. Not even here to talk about bacon, even though um, I keep thinking we are because we're going to talk about beacons, not bacon. Um, did I write beacons? Yeah, I wrote beacons there. Matambale has coffee. That's good. Hello, Matambale. Uh, who, who is Matambale? Who am I speaking to? I'm speaking to someone over in the chat. So hello, everyone in the, uh, in the online chatting uh, and viewing live stream world. Uh, Matambale is over in the YouTube, as is Byron Blank. Hello. And then we've got a uh, big crew of people over in Discord. So if you're uh, somewhere else and you want to know where the chat's happening, that's probably it. Uh, oh, yeah. C. Grover says it's too cold where he's at for iced coffee. I think it's going to be in the 80s here today in Southern California. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry to all of you living in very cold places. Suddenly it's getting hot here. Um, all right. Uh, Andy Calloway says, don't try the Luwak coffee. I would. I would try that. Uh, that's the one that's the beans are eaten by some weird little weaselly animal. And then, you know, you know what happens, right? Uh, then the coffee's made after that. All right. Uh, gross. But uh, enough of that. Let's, let's get on to some business here. Some things, some Adafruit live streaming, uh, John Park workshoppy kinds of things. How about, for example... This right here, the jobs board. We've got a jobs board, and uh, it's free. You can go to the jobs.adafruit.com, and you can check out uh, the different positions that are looking to be filled or people looking to fill positions. You can uh, post up your, your uh, info for free. Uh, just sign up for a free account. We won't spam you. That's our promise. And uh, you can use the job board. Here's a job that just uh, popped up uh, yesterday. This one was posted and it is a freelance individual work making thermal camera with alarm product. Your pace, freelance work, no company, contract work. Very interesting. Uh, so if that sounds like something up your alley and you're looking for some work, maybe uh, dig into that. It's over there at jobs.adafruit.com. Uh, and uh, the next thing I wanted to mention is our, our coupon code for the day. And the coupon code for the, for the day is indeed BACON. And if you type in BACON on your way out as you're checking out from the Adafruit store and getting yourself some cool stuff, you're going to A, think about BACON, 
which you may like, and B, you're going to get 10% off in the store. So uh, I encourage you to do that. Um, And since I mentioned the store, let me tell you about a product pick of the week I have for this week. Uh, For those of you who watch um, the show and tell show, I tipped my hand on this one because I was so excited about it uh, last night on show and tell. But here it is, the Stemma Relay. I have one right here. So this is a little uh, breakout board for a relay, a non-latching relay. Uh, it takes care of all of the uh, non-flyback diode uh, circuitry around the relay. So you can just use a pin, uh, a digital pin to tell it to open or close. But the cool thing is uh, not only has a sort of normal breakout for plugging into power ground and a pin, but it's got a stemma uh, plug on there. So uh, that means that you can plug it into a board that has Stemma or uh, Stemma QT on the other end. Actually, I think this one's Stemma QT, isn't it? It's tiny. No, it's not. It's Stemma. It's regular Stemma. Uh, and that will allow you to control it. And then you can see here we've also got these um, little sort of spring-loaded connectors for you to press in your wiring, which will allow you to do ground and uh, or rather the two wires that you want to open and close that have otherwise uh, a closed and open circuit. So you want to close a circuit to turn a motor or light a light bulb. Uh, and so actually I have a demo of that over here. Um, so what you'll see, you can't see it too well, but the, right there is the thing I was just holding up. It's one of these uh, little relays. And then I have a power cord that I have spliced some wires into so that it uh, is plugged in to AC power. It's this little spotlight, little uh, film spotlight. Let me turn off this thing for a second. And um, when I go ahead and power up this Circuit Playground Express, I've written a little um, Circuit Python program that is going to blink that pin that's driving the Stemma relay. And so I have the Stemma connector to um, alligator clips on here. And then I have a couple buttons. I can turn this on with, there we go. And so now every three seconds, it'll turn on for a second and then turn itself off. This is super bright. So this is 120 volt um, AC that I'm safely switching. Oh gosh, I just looked right into it. That was a bad idea. Uh, That I'm safely switching using this little Circuit Playground Express. I'm going to turn that off with, I think, the A button I had for turning it off. Okay, now it'll stop doing that. Will it? Let's see. Did I pick the right button? Yeah, so now it's going to stop flashing at me. Uh, so that is actually uh, a circuit playground Bluefruit I have there. So you could do Bluetooth stuff. Um, you know, I've done a few projects before, such as the overhead lights in my shop that I can turn on and off using uh, a Bluetooth con- connection with a Bluefruit uh, microcontroller. And this is another way to do that. That one uses a, a servo motor to actually turn on and off a light switch, but this is a way you could splice uh, electrical in. And I, I can't remember what the specs on it, but it'll do something like... 30 volts of DC or 120 volts of AC, and I forget the current that it'll allow you to, to pass through. But if anyone wants to post um, those specs from our uh, product page up, uh, in fact, since I said product page, there it is right there. It's the little Stemma non-latching mini relay. Um, and yeah, 30 volts DC uh, at up to 2 amps and 110 volt DC up to 0.6 amps. 
120 volts at 0.5 amps and so on. So uh, it's beefy. And uh, it's, you know, you want to you exercise caution when you're working with higher voltages and currents, of course. Um, but this is pretty, pretty safe from the standpoint of you're not really touching much. You're plugging things into, into headers and connectors. Uh, it has nice little spring-loaded connectors for your wiring. So uh, I really like that. That's the, uh, the Stemma, little Stemma uh, non-latching relay right there. All right, and uh, let's see. I think it's uh, a good opportunity to do the Make Code Minute, so check it out. Okay, let me get a little bit of a setup going here. Uh, let's put that Chrome there. And let's put that thing there. And this, this me here. And I'll come back to make code. But first I want to show you the demo. Okay, so for the make code minute today, what I've done is I have created a voltmeter for my Circuit Playground Express right inside of Make Code, And what I'm using it for, you could use it to measure voltage uh, and just tell you, let's say, the health of a battery. Um, but I'm actually using it with a synthesizer. So I have a uh, Winterbloom Soul, uh, which is a MIDI to CV uh, uh, module that uses CircuitPython. And that is talking to some other synth gear. I'm going to turn this up for a second. You'll have to tell me in the chat if this gets too loud to hear me too. Whoops, sorry. There we go. Okay, so what you're going to notice is I'm going to adjust the rate of the what you see as that blinking red light, and that is this low-frequency oscillator that's kind of changing a wave folder. It's changing sort of the... the uh, harmonics of the of the wave that you're hearing. So uh, check this out. As I adjust that LFO rate, you'll see it update on my Circuit Playground Express. So I can turn that back down and uh, let me show you how this is actually functioning inside of Make Code. So if I pop over here, uh, and we can turn that one off there. Okay, so what you'll see here in Make Code is that I have a fairly simple setup, and it's actually more complex than it needs to be because I wanted to be able to change the colors. So I've got some uh, setup blocks here with a variable for which color component I'm using. And then I have a uh, button A input that changes my color component, uh, and it kind of keeps that within 0, 1, and 2. Uh, and then this is the, the sort of interesting bit. I'm setting a variable called voltage to be a map of the analog read of pin A2, which I'm mapping the values as an analog read, so it goes from 0 to 1023, and I'm mapping that from 0 to 255, which is the level of brightness on one of the color components for my RGB 
uh, NeoPixels. And then uh, lastly here, I'm just picking which of these am I using depending on which um, number of times I've pressed my button. I'm either changing the red, the green, or the blue uh, to keep pace with my low frequency oscillator. So uh, if we take a look at this again, you'll see, uh, I'm gonna turn that I'm going to turn that rate back up so it's going pretty fast. And now I'll press the A button and it'll switch from red to green. Or let me do it again. Oh, am I holding it too long? I am. <laughs> and I press it again and I'll go to blue. Uh, so that's a way to use the circuit playground express to measure voltage, which in this case is an intrinsic part of this kind of uh, modular synthesizer setup that I have going on, uh, all set up right inside of Make Code running on the Circuit Playground Express. And that is your Make Code Minute. All right, uh, thank you for, for putting up with some of my audio difficulties there. And I didn't actually check somewhat unwisely the, um, I did not check the chat to see if you were hearing any of that, but I think you were, because I don't see people saying, hey, we can't hear what you're doing. Uh, and oh, hey, in the chat we have Stargirl. Uh, thank you, Thea is responsible for creating this uh, module that I'm, that I'm using uh, that's doing that modulation, doing that low frequency oscillation that I'm measuring. Uh, another thing I'll mention, I can, uh, since I have this up here, is that I'm using a mono three and a half millimeter or eighth inch uh, jack to alligator clips setup, which is how I'm plugging out this voltage into my Circuit Playground Express. Uh, so these are great. You can see this is sort of a normal patch cable. You can also see the analog read now is wigging out because it, it has kind of a floating reference. But if I plug this back in, it's ground and voltage coming from that um, oscillator that's inside of the, uh, the Stargirl's Winterbloom Soul. Uh, so I hope that that was interesting and enjoyable. I'd love to hear about other uses people come up for using Circuit Playground Express as a volt meter because you, you've got uh, quite a bit of I.O. on there with the buttons and slide and the cap touch as well as the uh, pretty colors and even a little buzzer on there. So you could do things like battery testers, I think, right? Uh, that's my one other example. My points of reference in life are battery testing and synthesizers. Um, and I stand by that decision. All right. Uh, let's see. What else have we got? Uh, let's pop over to my Chrome again or this little guy here that I call the MakeCode Arcade Game of the Week. And my MakeCode Arcade Game of the Week this week is called Excel Racer. Uh, and it is by Minatsu T. Minatsu T, Excel Racer. I found this on the forums, on the uh, forum.makecode.com. Dot com. And let me show you what this looks like. This is a really cool 
little drift racing game. It says turn your car uh, by the A button. So you can only turn left, and that's the only control you have. So it's a timing. Oh, I've crashed into the wall. So, so I've got a... Oh, yeah. And uh, your, your goal is to get the fastest lap you can. So cut those corners. Ah, cut those corners the best you can. Um, so really cool, really impressive. And uh, so let's take a look at the game itself, uh, uh, or rather the code for the game. And uh, what you'll see, this is a really nice one to, to take a look at. Almost all of it's done in blocks. There's actually uh, a little bit of JavaScript, uh, custom JavaScript block that has to do with the timer. Um, that, that timer up at the top isn't something that you could make with uh, the usual blocks. It's kind of customized. So other than that, though, it's all done inside of blocks. Uh, and it uses essentially the uh, acceleration of sprite in X and Y, so horizontal and up and down, uh, as the controls that you're adjusting uh, as you turn, uh, as you hit the, the A button to turn. You'll see here is, this is the uh, set sprite direction uh, function here that takes the, uh, the car at the, at the direction that it's facing at and then adjusts its acceleration to, uh, on X and to Y uh, to the new direction. So every time you change direction, you get uh, one of these four values. Uh, so it's essentially north, south, east, and west on, on X and Y. Um, and yeah, so, so that uh, is worth taking a look at. I think the rest of it also is really... Uh, instructive because it's fairly simple, but it's doing a really elegant uh, type of motion in there. So I encourage you to go check it out. That's my, uh, my game pick of the week this week. It is Excel Racing uh, by Minatsu T. And in the forum, actually, it looks like the Microsoft MakeCode team has gotten addicted to playing this game and trying to get the best scores. And they've even uh, encouraged Minatsu T to... Um, consider doing a multiplayer version. Uh, and I, have, I haven't dove into that before, but you can do multiplayer uh, on, on handheld uh, uh, MakeCode Arcade devices using a little connector they call the Jackdack. So there's uh, some possibility of doing multiple handheld racing, which is pretty cool. Uh, so that's my game pick of the week. All right. Uh, let's check back in with the good folks over in Discord and YouTube. Um, Matambale says Sumatran is his favorite uh, coffee. Yeah, I like Sumatran too. Mm-hmm. Hello, Brandon McDevitt. Welcome. Hey, Yanni. Uh, and who do we have over here? Who else? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Stargirl says, Circuit Playground Express Voltmeter cost $25. The voltmeter I just bought, $1,200. I think that the, uh, Levels of precision on your new voltmeter are, are slightly uh, better than <laughs> what I've got running here. Um, but you have both, so, you know, don't cry. You, you, can, you can use either. Uh, all right, let's see. Why don't we talk about uh, some new project stuff? So uh, this is pretty cool. We have gotten a number of these Bluetooth um, libraries for the different Bluetooth profiles or services that, uh, that are out there. And we've got a new one, a uh, brand new one that I'm going to be running on a little itsy bitsy NRF52840, as well as a Clue. And I've got a couple of different um, versions in mind for that. So let's, let's take a look at the one that I have actually done working right now, which is this NRF52 one. 
Uh, and I'm going to steal a USB cable in and plug that in a second. I actually have to add a camera view so you can see my phone because what are we talking about? We're talking about beacons. Um, and so, in fact, just for the sake of the fun of it, I'm going to switch over to, uh, to here to talk about beacons just because it's fun to have a change of pace for a second. So, uh, the beacons in the Bluetooth world, there's a couple of types. There are um, iBeacon, which is a standard from Apple, and then there's an uh, open standard that Google created called Eddystone. Uh, but the idea behind both of these, uh, and there I think have been other attempts at standards, but it feels like those are the two that are left standing at the end of the day. Um, but the idea behind them is that in Bluetooth Low Energy, you actually have sort of two major modes of operation between devices. Um, one is in advertising or GAP, and in the generic access profile or GAP, Bluetooth LE devices can simply be set as a type of device that broadcasts information. It's not looking to connect to something else necessarily. It might just be happy spewing out information and never being uh, acknowledged by another device. And so this is where uh, beacons live. The other type is the stuff we've looked at where we have two-way communications and these client-server relationships uh, where specific data can be asked for, sensors are being updated, pairing, bonding. Um, but with a beacon, the beacon will sit there advertising whatever tiny little bit of information it might have to advertise, uh, do so with very low power. So these are meant to, to run for a year on a little battery, typically. Um, on a, on a you know, custom-made, custom-engineered device. Um, and in the case of beacons, the main thing that they deliver is a unique address uh, or UID, so a unique identifier for the beacon, as well as a URL. So the idea behind these is things like um, you're walking around in an art gallery with an app on your phone, and as you get near a particular piece of art, you can look at information about that piece of art and the, uh, the app knows that you're standing right in front of it because the proximity of this uh, will give the strongest signal uh, compared to other ones that are nearby and the signal strength of Bluetooth is, is limited anyway. So uh, it's a way to do sort of these micro localized um, uh, sort of satellite type of, of operations and uh, give you information you might use to buy something like a, a URL for a piece of clothing in a store um, or using for other types of tracking things, which sounds ominous and it can be used in ominous ways, but uh, that's not our intention. So with a, uh, a Bluetooth beacon, what I can do, I'm going to go ahead, I'll plug this in. Um, I'll bring it over here. I'll plug it in. And what it's going to do is it's going to run a really simple little bit of code that we'll take a look at in a minute. Uh, and all that code is going to do is every four seconds broadcast its unique identifier and this one URL that I've given it. Uh, and I'll show you on the phone how that works. So there it is. It's, it's plugged in. It's up and running. Uh, and let me pop open uh, a new window. I didn't make one for this. Oh, wait. Did I? No, I didn't. Sorry about that. Uh, let's do a new screen capture. And I've got my phone plugged directly in, uh, so it should show up as a... Uh... Am I crashing? No, please don't let me crash. 
Uh-oh. Stand by. Are you still with me? Okay, sorry about that. Uh, I gotta configure my black hole window here. And this'll be, whoops. This'll be a window. Easiest way to do this is to capture into QuickTime and then show you the QuickTime window because the phone is such high resolution that it causes problems otherwise. All right. Okay, so that's my phone. And I'm gonna uh, turn on or launch this, this app called Physical Web. This is just kind of one choice. You've got a bunch of different um, options for Beacon apps. Uh, I think at one point in Android, they were kind of more built into the operating system and the mapping and, and uh, Chrome. But at this point, they are pretty much, you're going to find an app. I like this one. It's called Physical Web. Uh, and you can see here, I've got um, info showing up based on this beacon right here. In fact, let me unplug this beacon. And I'm going to, oops, come back. I'm going to clear the cache just to get us flushed quicker. I don't know what the timeout is. So I've cleared the beacon cache. Uh, so this is now what my phone looks like if I walk in to a museum, let's say, and I'm not near any beacon yet, but as I get closer to uh, a beacon that's advertising its UID and its URL, you'll see my app just updated. Uh, and so now it says, uh, oh, that's me. <laughs> I've got my website up there. I thought I'd, I had an Adafruit one in there. Um, so, but what it's telling me is the URL, uh, it's grabbing some of the, um, the, most of this is not information I put into the itsy bitsy in the CircuitPython code. It's actually pulling some of that down. Um, so the stuff that we're getting locally, though, is the distance to it, uh, roughly, it's quite rough. Signal strength, which is how it's figuring the distance. Uh, and then there's the URL. That's, that's actually the bit that's in the code there. And then if I click this, it'll pop open whatever web browser or website is on the other end of that thing. Uh, I don't think this has super great reception, so it'll take it a moment. So let's look at changing that. Let me show you the code uh, so you can see what's running on this little itsy bitsy. Uh, and how you can uh, customize these. So let's let's move that over there. Oh look, Todd is pinging me. Hi. Oh, audio is out of sync. Uh oh. Thanks for pinging me. Pinging me. Um, you must be in my do not disturb list. Uh, voice to lip lag is. All right. Let's see if I come back. And <laughs> this was forbidden information. Hi. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, that was several things. I don't know what was causing the lagging, but I actually just cycled my connection and it looks like it worked. Oh, hey, and we're getting an audio alert too. Thank you. We're back and we're in sync. That's great. All right. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how, how that proceeds. Um, so tell me, when did you stop being able to understand me? There's a question for you. Uh, I just showed a little demo of my uh, beacon and the app on the phone. Have you seen that? Um, someone can tell me. Uh, what I'll do is I'll actually quickly take this thing, I'll unplug my Itsy, and I will uh, flush the cache on this app so that we can see that again. So clear the beacon cache. So. Uh, you last saw me in about 1959. Are you reading that new Stephen King book? Uh, it involves 1950s time travel. 
I brought up the phone. Okay. So looks like maybe we're back to, to where we were before things got weird, and hopefully I'm still in sync. So what you see here is I have on, uh, this is an iPhone, and this app runs on iOS or Android, and there are many apps that'll do this. So I've picked this one here because it looked pretty good. Um, that, that was my criterion. It had a few ratings, and it looked pretty good, and it turned out to be quite good. So this is a, an app called Physical Web, and what happens is you need to run an app on your, on your phone mobile device uh, that is looking for beacons and then doing something with them. Uh, and so what I'll do now is you can see this is where uh, the screen is just searching for beacons, and I don't have mine plugged in right now. So what I'll do is plug in this Itsy Bitsy to USB for power. Um, it's just for power. There's no data uh, line over there. And now what happened is the phone uh, saw the beacon, and it grabbed the beacon's uh, address, the UID, so that it can sort out beacons, give them uh, unique set, uh, headings in here if I have multiples plugged in. And then it also pulled the URL that's being broadcast. So the, the ITSI is broadcasting... Uh, oh, are you losing my audio when I go to that phone? I bet. Okay. Can you hear me now? I think you can. I think touching that uh, that window caused problems. Hmm. Still good on Facebook. All right. Uh, we'll plow forward uh, so you can still hear me. Thank you. So uh, let's take a look now, actually, at what's happening in uh, CircuitPython to make this work. So here, uh, in fact, I'm going to go to a larger screen, and I'll just put me in the corner of over here. All right, that should work pretty well. Sorry, juggling too many things. All right, perfect, I think. Uh, so here in Moo, uh, this is what, I'm going to zoom in a bunch here so you can see this pretty well. Uh, so this example broadcasts our MAC address as our Eddystone ID. Uh, so we just had to have a unique ID, and so uh, our code just says when a Bluetooth radio is, is instantiated on the device in circuit Python, uh, we end up with a unique ID that we can use as the Eddystone ID. Um, so I'm importing the Adafruit BLE library, I'm importing the BLE Eddystone library, and I'm getting both the UID and the URL uh, sort of sub uh, bits of code for that. Uh, and then here's where I'm saying whatever that radio address was, we'll use that as our Eddystone ID. And then this is the bit that you get to change. So this one right here is set to go to Wikipedia uh, as the broadcasting, uh, it's actually sending out this wikipedia.org, HTTPS wikipedia.org, uh, every four seconds, it just pings that. Um, and here's where it's doing that. So the radio starts advertising the Eddystone UID. Uh, and then it stops, so it just sends that out for half a second, and then it sends out the, uh, UI, the URL for half a second and then repeats. So if I um, save this, I, I just want to make sure I'm not overwriting something else. I've got a lot of things here connected <laughs> that are potential circuit Python drives, so I'm going to copy this, close this, load the code off of... Yeah, so that's, that's the existing one. That's my itsy bitsy, and you can see here I had my website address there. So I'm just going to overwrite that. I'll hit 
save and uh, actually hit save after I switch to this camera and get my uh, audio working. So let's see, let's go to that. Get my audio back and now I'm hitting save. Uh, and what you'll see is pretty quickly this should uh, send out a new address. So now my Beacon app is seeing that the, uh, the URL uh, is coming from this wikipedia.org, and then I can click the beacon and go there. So uh, that's sort of the, the foundation of how these, these beacons work, and there are some other things you can do with them, but uh, we thought this was a really cool one to start with, um, and as you can see from the code, it's dead simple uh, to make that work. Go back here for a second. Uh, oops, sorry. Go to Moo, go to me. Uh, and so you can see it doesn't take that much code to be able to do uh, a pretty simple uh, little broadcasting or advertising of a, uh, a beacon address. Um, and then what I have uh, in store for the uh, Clue version, so I mentioned, here, let me get some of these windows out of the way. Uh, I mentioned that we've got a version that we're working on for Clue. And so uh, what we'll do with this one is take some of the features that we have on here, such as the ability to display QR codes uh, and use the buttons to cycle things. And so we'll build up like a little list of maybe four or five possible beacon uh, addresses that you could send out from this. And then you'll be able to switch what you're advertising. And we have a library that'll generate a QR code on the fly based on the URL. So uh, it would make a unique one that would work for someone to walk up and see it and just point their camera uh, at it. So it wouldn't necessarily need the BLE beacon, but someone else might be using that, um, uh, using an app and they can use the Bluetooth uh, as the way to connect to the URL instead. Uh, so I hope that uh, wasn't too maddening with some of our technical difficulties here today. I say our, my, my technical difficulties. Uh, not quite sure exactly what happened, but we got back on track, I hope. Uh, uh, AT Makers Bill asks, is the distance accurate? I don't believe it's that accurate. I'm not sure what it pretends to be, but I, I imagine if you have a large space uh, with them spaced, you know, every 20 feet, you'd probably have a really good chance of it knowing which one it's closest to. But with a few in this area, I, I don't think it's going to be that accurate. It could even be that, you know, one has something behind it or the angle that you're at, uh, it could be closer, but the antenna's pointing the other way. So uh, I don't know how, how accurate they claim to be with these, but um, I do know that beacons are used in theme parks, for example. Um, Disney uses them for uh, a number of things, including uh, mapping. Uh, and they probably use a number of things to try to sort of synthesize your, your location so that it can pop up and tell you there's a you know short line at a certain ride or, hey, you can go in here and buy a certain thing right now that you might like. So they use, they use it for uh, location tracking stuff in the parks. Um, and that, I believe, works pretty well. People are happy with the way that works. It's a custom mapping app, I think. Um, let's see, other questions, actually. Let's pop up the, uh, that was an excellent question, Bill. Thank you. Let's pop up my uh, Discord here. Uh, wondering if three plus clues might work for trilateration. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. If you had the same 
uh, board, so you feel like you're trusting the sig signal strength from them, so you might be able to triangulate, uh, I think. I don't know the word tri trilateration, but it sounds like triangulate to me. So I'm going to say probably. Uh, uh, and then you'd be uh, thinking about what app you're writing on the other end. You could, I believe in theory, oh, did we lose me again? Hello? No? Can you hear me? I wonder, uh, I wonder if I'm dropping out on some services, but not all of them. That's weird. Uh, Bill says it's like triangulation. It's what people really mean when they say triangulate. Ah, yeah, cool. Uh, Bill, Bill can hear me. I wonder if it's a problem still on Twitch. Hmm. Oh, well, well, uh, good thing is, yeah, so we're working on, okay, Facebook and YouTube. So maybe Twitch had a problem or who knows. But the good news is the show is over. So I can't screw up my audio anymore today. I'm done with audio screw-ups. Uh, thank you all so much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm working on a guide right now. So I'll have uh, the real simple version that I've got running here on the Etsy. But this will run on any of our NRF52840 boards. So you've got the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. You've got the Feather NR52840, the Itsy Bitsy, uh, and the Clue. Uh, that might be all the ones I'm thinking of that are, that are kind of the obvious ones. I might have missed one in there. Um, and then I also have the special Clue version that does some of the uh, QR code stuff. So uh, look forward to that in the, in the coming days. So thank you all so much, everyone. And uh, I will see you next week on John Park's workshop. For Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park. Thank you and goodbye.